green future growers welcome to season three i'm your host jackie marie buyer if you're new to the show i hope you'll subscribe on itunes for free or follow on your favorite podcast app and let's get growing okay so it is 155 in montana and it is a cold and blustery day and I have not gotten any recording editing done on my podcast, but I was thinking, well, what didn't I have a episode where I read the Gaylord Nelson Earth Day play? And so I think I will replay that so you can hear that. I think it's only like seven minutes. And then uh, I did just go down to the garden. I am going to maybe try to go plant my sunflower seeds because I always plant my sunflower seeds on Earth Day. Although I do have a lot of work to do on the bed where I'm going to plant them. But, you know, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty spry today, so maybe I can get it done. I have a lot of dirt that needs hauled up the hill to put on top of the straw that I put on top of the quack grass that is growing in. See, the plan was the sunflower bed was going to be super easy to plant this year because I spent all last year getting it ready but it is now full of quack grass now mike thinks i should dig it up and dig all the quack grass out patty armbruster the other day was saying that i should um rock the broad fork back and forth aerate it a little um and then what i covered it with straw but she thinks i should still get in there rock the broad fork back and forth a little give it some air give it a little like compost juice and then um she suggested to kill the quack grass i cover it with plastic for 24 hours in the hot sun to give it a bolt of um killing it now mike and i both laugh because <laughs> we're like nothing kills quack grass and it doesn't come up from the top it comes from the ground the roots are underground creeping in patty also said what i need to do is go around the entire bed with three feet of wood chips on all sides cover three feet out from the edges of the bed with cardboard and cover all of that quack grass where i'm not even planting the sunflower seeds on all sides with a wood chips so the quack grass can't get in now this spot where i'm planting these sunflowers goes up against a structure on one side right below them is my echinacea bed um on the west side is pure lawn and on the east side it's kind of like forest like there's a big tree there's two little pine trees and there's nothing growing and it's a place that i was suggesting Mike should put the, in the structure, I was saying, if you put the chicken, the new chicken pen house there, like it's this cute little greenhouse that he built. And Patty Armbruster was like, why do you have anything in that greenhouse? And Mike's like, because that big tree that I was saying, it's like forest would have to be cut down. It doesn't get enough sun. So you can't really grow anything in it. Now, as I speak, I'm sitting at my desk. The structure is right in front of my window. And Mike is actually just about to plastic it over so i can use it for a little because i I, if you listen last episode i was talking about how we're arguing about what goes under the grow lights in the house and he wants um his 
food plants to grow there and I want my marigold sprouts and my snapdragons and he thinks I should put the broccoli up in the big hoop house but it's so far away from the house I'm never going to go up there and water it I'm never going to take care of those plants up there um and also the big hoop house isn't heated and he's like you can't put snapdragons or marigolds up in that greenhouse up there it's been getting down to like 22 25 like even if they're in the in the greenhouse, they're not going to survive. And I do have two trays. The zinnias died already. They were way too cold. Um, I think, uh, even if I put them up there, he's been covering them with like these little, uh, blue plastic pools that I usually use to like wash the dogs or like, so things can have water out in our yard, you know, like the little plastic swimming pool when we had a a duck it used to swim in it I don't know you know what I mean just a small round six foot diameter plastic so he has that up there but now I'm getting too many the more I transplant the more marigolds I keep growing like I have these little marigolds sprouted I have uh what do I have that has to be transplanted right now I have another set of zinnias I think and um like 25 Roma tomato plants um and then I have two trays of like these 50 itty bitty teeny tiny baby broccoli seeds that I planted. I'm afraid to put them up there because they're such babies. But he keeps telling me, well, the broccoli seeds can take the cold. The marigolds and the snapdragons can't take any cold. You can't put them up there. There's not enough room. Once I transplant this next batch, they, you know, the grow lights, I was able to put one set of my broccolis that I did transplant into, um, I took toilet paper tubes and stuffed them full of dirt. And, um, so I have a dozen of those in a like plastic, you know, salad container, like the spring mix container. And he did make room for those under one of his grow lights for me. But I also have um, a tray of marigolds under them, a tray of snapdragons, and then there's a tray up in the hoop house of snapdragons, a tray of zinnies up in the hoop house of which I think there's only two left. And the snapdragons that are under the grow lights in the house are like six inches high and look like really healthy plants. The snapdragons that I transplanted into bigger containers and are up in the hoop house are only like an inch high. And I transplanted these on the same day. So they're not doing anything up in the hoop house. They still think they're going to be better than if I would have planted them in the ground. But anyway, so we're arguing over what goes in the house, what doesn't go in the house. He's got his tomatoes and his stuff, his peppers and his things growing. There's no room left under the greenhouse, under the grow lights. And once I move this tiny little tray of, it's like a tofu container, that right now has, I think, 25 of these Roma tomato sprouts that need to go into cups, you know, that are like, that need to go into, like, each one needs to go into its own four-inch pot. So we're talking about going from one tofu container that is holding 25, you know, one-inch tall cherry tomato or Roma tomatoes and another 25 marigolds that are only, like, one-inch you know, it's a tofu container and then all of a sudden I'm going to have like 50 tofu containers or 54 inch pots, you know, so that's where the problem is. They're growing, things are growing, but he's going to plastic over this little place, um, out here now that he has his hoop house covered for 
his big vegetables and things, but nothing can go out there until really, unless it's a cold weather, you know, like if I was going to be putting kale or, um, beets or, you know, things that can take a cold could go out in those hoop houses that don't need to be heated. So anyway, I might have this heated place to work with. He's been having problems with his drill. <laughs> He's got to do some like re rework and like he'll get like two screws in the battery dies and two more screws in the battery dies. So he's a little frustrated there. Plus he has like a million things to do besides worry about my few little, the one year I decide, oh, I want 50 Snapdragons and 50 Marigolds. And part of me wants to give these away, but then also I would like to make a pollinator border in the mini farm, like the pollinator border at the Brooklyn Grange is my ultimate goal. So it would be like a bunch of Snapdragons, uh, like a three foot strip of Snapdragon. This is what I'm dreaming in my head. A three foot foot strip of Snapdragons, a three foot, three feet of basil, three feet of marigolds, three feet of snapdragons, three feet of basil, three feet of marigolds, like all the way around the outside edge of the mini farm. And then like a sunflower every six inches. So that's my plan. Or maybe a sunflower, like a whole sunflower border, like a pollinator border all the way around. Oh, and yeah. And three feet of zinnias. So snapdragons, zinnias, marigolds, basil, like, I bought two giant bags of basil seeds. Like, I bought, I don't know how many sunflower seeds. Like, a you We're talking a giant pollinator border. So, but none of that can really go in. The only thing that can go in right now are the sunflower seeds. Um, and the mini farm is definitely not ready. It's mostly covered in tarps. I could plant some sunflowers out there today. But anyway, so this bed that I was planning on planting, like, 350 sunflowers today... There's not really any room to put wood chips around the border. And Mike hates wood chips. And he doesn't want wood chips in his garden. Um, he thinks, for one, too much acid pine. Because they're not um, white wood. They're uh, pine forest wood. And he thinks it will um, just make our soil worse. Our soil's already too acidic. and needs to be more alkaline. Right? That's my blueberry problem. Blueberries like... 4.5 and our soil's already like 8.3. Anyway, um, my Earth Day play. So I've already recorded it. You can download the scripts. It'd be fun to read with your kids around the dinner table tonight. Um, if you're a teacher, you could always do it in the classroom tomorrow. I will also put the link to the turtle mishap play, which is about a turtle that gets his things stuck in plastic. And, um, happy Earth Day. And then I'm going to try to get, I do have a really good interview I did with Nathan Heath that's, um, from Cultivex that I remember came out really good that I was going to try to release today. Again, there's the Marl Coos one. Um, there's the Sunday Realtor one. I'm trying to find one that's like 30 minutes. I get edit really fast, but I might just go outside and try to get some air and some exercise if it stops raining, like we finally got rain. Um, and it's a little bit, it's very cold today, but if I can go cover that straw with some, I'm going to take the dirt out of the, remember I talked about the pots that got the blossom and rot 
that I had the tomatoes in last year that my Roma tomatoes were in last year cover the straw that's covering the quack grass that last year I got the bed like already like it has really good compost in it I planted the buckwheat in it um now it's covered in a whole layer of chicken pooped mulched straw and so I think if I just put some dirt down and my sunflower seeds they're gonna be good oh this was the other thing I just went and looked and my lettuce seeds are all sprouted and my radishes are coming up so I do have some successes in the garden this year. Go Jackie. Happy Earth Day, everyone. And uh, I hope you like this play. It's kind of fun to listen to. So Sally Bear says, Hey there, Billy Bear. Didn't you see that piece of garbage laying on the ground over there by that beehive? Billy Bear says, Well, yeah, I saw it, but I didn't put it there. Sally Bear. Well, you should pick it up anyway. And she bends down and picks it up. Billy Bear says, It's not like it's Earth Day or anything, Sally Bear. You just don't pick up litter on Earth Day, Silly. You have to pick litter up every day. Everyone has to do their part. Besides, Silly, it's April 22nd. It is Earth Day. Oh, no. I didn't plan anything special to do for our planet. I'm such a failure, says Sally, sadly shaking her head. Billy Bear. Don't worry. We can think of something. I'll help you. Sally Bear. We can? What can we do on last minute notice? Billy Bear. Well, I'm not sure. Let me think about it for a minute. Sally Bear. Mm, she's starting to fret again. Oh my. Billy Bear. Well, how come we celebrate Earth Day anyway? Sally Bear. Well, there was a great senator once named Gaylord Nelson who was born in Clear Lake... Wisconsin. She finishes trailing off while Billy Bear interrupts her. Gaylord. <laughs> what kind of name is that? Billy Bear interrupts sarcastically. Sally Bear. Gaylord is a perfectly respectable name. You are such a silly bear sometimes. Anyway, Gaylord became interested in politics at an early age. Okay, so then there's scenery. New puppets enter at the back of the train with a politician waving and a crowd of people, including two puppets, young Gaylord and his father. Um, and the narrator says, when, or no, oh, this is Sally Bear talking. Okay, I'm going to go back to what Sally Bear said. So scenery, puppets, they're at the back of the train. There's a politician waving. There's a crowd of people. Um, and there's two puppets on the train, young Gaylord and his father. Okay, so Sally Bear says, Gaylord is a perfectly respectable name. You are such a silly bear sometimes. Anyway, Gaylord became interested in politics at an early age. When he was just a boy, his father took him to see a famous politician speak at the back of a train. His great-grandfather had helped found the Republican Party in Wisconsin, which gave the young lad the idea to work for the government. When his father asked him, and then his father says, Did you like the speech, Gaylord? Gaylord answers, oh, yes, father, very much. I love the way Fighting Bob would wave his hands and get all excited when he was giving his speech. He seemed to really believe what he was saying. Um, father Nelson, would you like to go into politics someday, son? Gaylord says, yes, but I'm afraid by the time I grew up, Bob LaFollette would have settled all the problems. There would be nothing for me to do. Okay, and then we have a scene change. And now they... You just take the train out. Okay, Sally Bear. 
When Gaylord was 14, when Gaylord was just 14, he organized a campaign to plant trees along five roads leading into his hometown of Clear Lake. He also liked to play football and basketball. And the Bob puppet is dribbling down across the stage, tossing football. Bob, or no, Gaylord. The Gaylord puppet, sorry. The Gaylord graduated from high school in 1934 and went to college in California. When, then he went to law school at the University of Wisconsin. After graduating in 1942, he served for four years in the U.S. Army during World War II. Um, so then he puts on a hat and a uniform. When he got back from the war, he ran for several offices. Some he won and some he lost. After he was nominated to be governor in 1958, he talked to his dad for the last time before his dad passed away. And his dad asked him. And so the puppet picks up the phone and his father enters the stage on the other phone. And Father Nelson says, So do you think Bob LaFollette left you enough problems to work on when you will be governor? Um, and then there's a set change, the office setting, including a big desk, maybe a portrait, maybe a flag. Gaylord says, everyone in Wisconsin is talking about outdoor recreation. There's so many people from Chicago coming to spend the night in Wisconsin. We should expand our state's conservation efforts so that they have fresh air and natural places to explore when they want to get away from the hectic city life. We should make sure there's legislation passed to protect our natural resources for our children and grandchildren. We are also having problems with soaps and detergents making their ways into Wisconsin's beautiful rivers and streams. Gaylord's campaign manager. The people are happy with your work here, Gaylord. They will vote for you to represent them in Congress because they know you will make sure their beautiful state will be protected. Sally Bear. And Gaylord's campaign manager was right. The people of Wisconsin elected him to the Senate in 1962, where he would remain for 18 years. That March, Senator Nelson made his first speech to Congress in support of a bill to ban detergents from water supplies. Senator Gaylord. We need a comprehensive and nationwide program to save the national resources of America. We cannot be blind to the growing crisis of our environment. Our soil, our water, and our air are becoming more polluted every day. Our most priceless natural resources, trees, lakes, rivers, wildlife habitats, scenic landscapes are being destroyed. Sally Bear says... The members of Congress listened politely, but Gaylord didn't feel enough was being done. In 1965, he introduced more legislation to Congress. So the Gaylord puppet says, I believe that we should ban the use of the pesticide DDT. It's a chemical used to kill insects, but it also kills many other species as well. As well. DDT remains in the environment for a long, long time, building up in the ecosystem. Billy Bear Hey, what's his sister got to do with this? What do you call her? An ecosister? Sally Bear. Not an ecosister. An ecosystem. An ecosystem is a community of animals and plants that live in a particular area. All the members of an ecosystem live together in balance, sharing the food and shelter so that they all survive in harmony. Gaylord. There's birds and fishes that are having strange babies because of the effects of eating insects in our streams and rivers. What if humans become sick or their babies are harmed from the effects of these chemicals? We need to outlaw these chemicals for the welfare of the general public. Everybody claps in the background. Sally Bear. Then on January 19th, 1970, Senator Nelson gave another major speech to the Senate. And here's Senator Nelson Gaylord says... This is my environmental agenda. First, I propose a constitutional amendment that states, 
Every person has the inalienable right to a decent environment. The United States and every state shall guarantee this right. Secondly, I propose immediate action to be taken to rid America in the 1970s of the massive pollution from five of the most heavily used products of our affluent age. The internal combustion engine found in your everyday automobile, hard pesticides, detergent pollution, aircraft pollution, and non-returnable containers. We should create a new environmental advocacy agency that involves citizens and environmental policy activities. That means that the ordinary everyday American will help do their part to care for their community. We need to teach the children in this country so that they will know grow that they will grow up knowing how to protect the planet from the very beginning. I move that we establish an environmental education program for every school child in the United States. There are so many ways we can promote care of our environment and the land we live on. The list goes on and on. Okay, Sally Bear says, Gaylord worked so hard on his environmental agenda, he even convinced President John F. Kennedy to go on a nationwide conservation tour. The president gave speeches encouraging Americans to care for the earth more and make sure that their representatives in Congress knew how they felt. The tour wasn't very successful, but Gaylord came up with another idea. Gaylord, hmm. How are we going to get the nation to wake up and pay attention to the most important challenge the human species faces on the planet? He's reading a magazine. Hmm. Here's an article in the paper. I I wonder if it would work. Perhaps we can have a nationwide environmental information day where people all across America could have celebrations and talk about all the things we can do to protect the earth we live on. I'm going to write letters to all the governors and mayors in the United States and encourage them to promote an Earth Day celebration in their town. And he starts writing furiously away immediately. Sally Bear. And it worked. 20 million people showed up for the first Earth Day celebration on April 22nd, 1970. Thousands of grade schools, high schools, and colleges and communities were involved in Earth Day activities. Once the idea was out, it couldn't help but grow. And people are still celebrating today. So what are we going to do, Billy Bear? Billy Bear. Hmm. Maybe we can pass an Environmental Protection Act here in the forest. Then the bees would have to let me have their honey. Sweating at the beehive, Billy says, because we're part of their ecosystem and that would help us live together in harmony. And he falls down on the ground. I'm not sure that's going to work, says Sally Bear, but I like the idea of protecting our forest. Let's go get the other animals and see if we can create a committee to study the things we can do to protect our forest ecosystem. Billy Bear. So whatever happened to old Gaylord anyway? Sally Bear. Gaylor worked for the environment for the rest of his life. He sponsored the National Trail System Act, which helps make walking trails around the United States. He worked on the Clean Air Act, the Water Quality Act, the National Lakes Preservation Act, among others. Later, he went to work for the Wilderness Society, which is an organization in Washington, D.C. that is devoted to protecting the environment. He gave speeches for Earth Day and has received many awards for his work. They even established the Gaylord Nelson State Park in Madison, Wisconsin. So that's my Gaylord Nelson Creator of the Earth Day play. So the parts are Sally Bear, Billy Bear, Gaylord, um, his dad, uh, Bob, Follett, but that's only like one line, so maybe somebody else could do that. So there's only a few parts, but I found that in school, my kids just would like to read these, like they would pick a part and I would just throw it up on the screen. 
because we really didn't have a lot of time to do it. And they just like to read the script and like some kids, but they would read the whole thing, but they would just read their part out loud. You know, my big readers wanted to read a lot. The other kids, they just, I kind of made them follow along. Maybe they picked the lower parts or, but anyway, if you want a little encouragement, just a little bit out there, Hey folks, we can do this. It works in the United States. We, if we get out there, if we vote, we can make things like the National Trail System Act. I just walked on Rails to Trails this morning. It was awesome. We have a great river walk park. There's lots of great things going on in our government. Don't forget, we didn't have an EPA. We did. Does Earth Day not feel natural to you? You know, Earth Day started in 1970. So there's been an Earth Day almost my whole life. But before that, there wasn't. Get out there and vote on November 6th. Um what did I want to ask you? I wanted to ask you a question about um, what products do you buy? And also, if I made some organic garner podcast bling, would you be interested? Like a coffee cup or a t-shirt or a tote bag to get for you or your favorite gardener for Christmas? Would you rather have the black and white logo on it or the full color logo? I'm partial to the black and white one because I drew it but then the color one I took the picture and micro the vegetables so I guess it doesn't really matter uh, six days to election day vote tester vote blue just vote